Welcome back, Ford Explorers. Before we get into this week's episode, I do want to remind you that we have Instagram, we have Patreon, and we have a Twitter. But most importantly, we have our hotline. Typically, we tell you a story, but we want you to tell us a story. So call us or text us at that hotline number, tell us your story, and enjoy this week's episode. Ford Explorers. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ask the Cat Spirit Hour. I, of course, am the Colonel. This is my son, Caleb. If this is your first time joining us, I'm the Colonel. This is my son, Caleb. Uh, this is the Ask the Cat Spirit Hour, where we talk about all of the mysterious, odd things in the world that may or may not be. Uh, before we do that, however, every week we like to do a little ghost report beforehand. I own a little quiet haunted, well, it's not so quiet anymore, but haunted little bar, and Caleb works there. Caleb, what do you got for us this week? This week it was pretty tame, uh, especially compared to last week. Where if you didn't see last week's episode, we had the lights turn color and stay like that for like 10 minutes. This week, we got some of the normal stuff of people feeling someone behind them. Um, I saw someone walk in and out of the bathroom without being there. And then last night, particularly, we were slightly busy and I, I was doing a bunch of stuff. And typically, we have a POS system right at the edge of the bar where we walk in and out. And I swore that someone came from the patio, walked through the back uh, back area of the bar, and then stood at the corner as if to be waiting to get checked out. And so I turned, and I was like, I'll be with you in just one second. And when I turned, there was no one there. Woo! And uh, I looked, and there was no one on the patio or anything. So, like, that one really shook me up. And then, of course, the lights changing whenever I get there it has now just become a running joke <laughs> between everyone that opens and myself they, I've come in and they're like, "Oh, I knew you got here," and they're like, "They're like, why?" And it's like, "Well, one, it's ten minutes early, and two, the lights started changing." Yeah, yeah. So that's the telltale signs that I get there is, a, I'm early, and b, the lights start changing. I like how you fit in a little subtle brag about yourself. Oh yeah. You're like, by the way, to. I'm also always early, <laughs> I, which isn't true. He's he's late all the time. I have a d- dire like need to be on time, <laughs> and I hate it if I'm even, like, two minutes late to something. It's because you're a good little Catholic boy from I the Midwest. Am. I was told that it's a sin. <laughs> you're going which, to hell. Um, Guys, I can't be late. I'll, set, I'll catch on fire. Uh, and before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to to make an announcement that we do have another channel. Oh, we do. Yeah, you're right. That's You were making an announcement. <laughs> my eyes are all big. I was like, oh, shit, is Caleb pregnant? I'm pregnant. No, um... We do have a second channel. It's the Acid Cat News Network. Yes, sir. Uh, it's what the sign behind us has been there. It's been a teaser this whole time. <laughs> but that is where we release our bi-weekly news episode. It's Caleb's Weekend Rapport, where we tell you uh, little headlines and jokes, a la uh, Weekend Report and SNL. But if you find that way too cheesy or way too boring, come listen to us. We're way funnier than that. Yeah, it's for those who've been rocking with us for a while, you may remember we used to do a couple headlines before we'd get into the main story. It's basically that with more punchlines for five or six minutes. Uh, but we do it twice a week. Uh, I'll leave a link in the description for this, obviously, but go check it out. It's a, We're having, honestly, I, I, wa- I don't want to say we have more fun than we do with the podcast, but we're having a shitload of fun with it. So please come support us and, and share with your friends. It's a good way to get the news. We get it right. We just um, don't take it too seriously. 
This week, we have an interesting uh, kind of in real time story. Yeah, well, this is, you know, we we cover a lot of stuff on this show. It's funny. We cover everything, everything really, right? You know, we talk about UFOs. We talk about ancient aliens. We talk about treasure. We talk about all kinds of stuff. But what we have definitely noticed is it's nice when you have a more current case to talk about people. It's more hot on people's minds. They're more interested in having a, a discourse, which is obviously what YouTube's kind of designed for. If you're listening to this anywhere else, don't worry about what I'm saying. Um, but, you know, we had the Rust case, which was really fun because we actually got to get a lot closer to that case and we got to work at like an actual case. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who missed that episode, we uh, had a number of details correct in our exoneration episode that are still slowly just sort of coming out in details in court cases. So uh, that one was fun because we got to get very close to the case and actually learn some stuff before everybody else did. And then, of course, the Gwen Shamblin episode that we did was a lot of fun because... You're talking about a relatively recent thing, and, you know, it definitely seems like on YouTube, uh, evangelicals and religious people, people that tell other people how to live seem to be a, a, a popular um, category of misfortune. People yes. like to see it when those people eat crow. Yeah. So I think that today's show is going to be a little more catharsis about that. But, yeah, today we're talking about Miranda Derrick, formerly Miranda Wilkin. Uh, for those of you who are on the TikTok, you know probably about this story or maybe you've heard about it. Yeah, so um, I, unbeknownst to myself, stumbled upon one of her videos months ago. And while doing Discovery, just now realized that it was one of her videos. It was a group of like seven or eight people in uh, a kitchen doing this trend at the time where like... They were all making Kool-Aid. They were going to drink <laughs> together. You uh, move back and forth as if you're like, the music is skipping and the, the track behind it was like skipping, but you do it in real time where you just go back and forth. And she was one of the people in that video and I didn't think anything of it. I'm on the weird side of uh, TikTok where I don't see a lot of the uh, dancing ones. Caleb's for you page is mostly down syndrome content, which we don't need to get into why it is, but it is for those of you who don't know, because we are kind of jumping right into this Miranda, her family was concerned that maybe she had joined a cult and that obviously peaked our ears up just like with the rust shooting when they were like, Oh, uh, we were framed Our we immediately will turn to any story where they claim conspiracy because that's sort of, well, it's not sort of, that's very much our expertise and uh, we'll be the judge of that. Yeah. And, it does look a lot like a cult, uh, a little information up front for those who don't know. Maybe I've mentioned it on the show before, but I have an entire portion of my family that was in a cult in Florida. Um, and I don't mean like casually kind of one guy was down on his like, I mean, the whole family, uh, three of my cousins were all raised in that cult. They actually have a really great podcast called You Didn't Ask uh, available where all podcasts are available if you guys want to hear more about that. But we'll get into that today, too, because the concern was that Miranda's family alleged that she had basically been scooped away to a big city California, which is such a funny idea, a big city California cult, and that they are monetizing these TikTok dances uh, and that she is not safe. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So um, to get into the story, in January of 2021, uh, Miranda mysteriously just cut off all contact with her family after claiming they, quote, wouldn't understand why she wouldn't come home. And so her parents and her sister flew out to L.A. to see her and found that she was a, quote, totally different person. And they, they like, always say that when you move to the big city. Oh, though. yeah. Yeah. Um, My sister still says that about me. <laughs> and on February 24th, um, the couple, along with her sister, took to an Instagram live for 40 minutes talking about what they saw when they went to go visit her and what they believe had happened. 
And some quotes from it were, you don't need to cut us off. Life is going on and there's so many exciting things going on. Uh, as a mom, I don't know if she's safe. And then her sister said she's a victim of a church-based cult in the L.A. area and has blocked and cut off all contact with her family. And days later, Miranda made a claim on her Instagram saying that she cut off her family because they disliked her husband, James, who she married in secret and is affiliated with 7mm Films. James Derrick, her husband, then went on to say that Oh, the family just don't approve of our marriage because they're racist. Yeah, he's. You should include that he's black. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which later he went and said, "Well, no, they don't hate me because I'm black. They're actually classist. They hate me because I'm poor." Which is a more accurate assessment of how that works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he's like, and it's not the whole family. It's just the father, Dean, that hates me. And this story has all gotten jumbled. And the real weird thing is. Uh, the family, all of their like responses and videos and stuff have been in Instagram live videos where Miranda and James's responses have all just been text over audio on Instagram stories. I can see Neve from Catfish screaming at us going, you've never face chatted? Yeah. Yeah, or FaceTime was me face chatted. I think that's just what we call talking in person. Because that, you know, that's red flag number one, right? Well, and also in that... I guess I could probably play some of that TikTok for this podcast so that people can hear it. But the dad talks about how when he went, well, when they all went, that there was a compound. Um, and compound is always one of those terms, right? Yeah. You know, like, you can't even say compound and it doesn't sound like something isn't up there. Yeah, if it's not a cult or a terrorist organization or both. Yeah, like, the only <laughs> people who have compounds are, like, militias. Yeah. So what the fuck do you have one for? So to describe it as that, I think, shows that he obviously has... Um, a point of view already established. Yeah. But that being said, he said that there were gates that when they came, they couldn't see them. Uh, and that's true. The compound does have gates around it. It is a compound. It's a really, really nice mansion. Mm -hmm. uh, but there, there is a there is a wall around it. And when the family came to see her, they were denied the ability to do so. Which, if you were concerned about your child, you know, I... I try to play advocate on this one for sure, just because I've sort of been in this position. Like I went from a very rural place and I've lived in some of the biggest cities in the world. And, you know, I, like I said, just a moment ago, I still get friction sometimes from my sister about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like a lack of understanding there. And I think that this family, that everything was there for like the worst case scenario. Because mm -hmm. this family already assumes the worst, and then they show up and they're told, yeah, that stuff you're assuming might be true because that one thing you're worried about is true. You can't see her. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine, especially, like, for her dad not to be too, I'm not trying to be too, you know, gender normative or whatever the fuck, but her dad's going to be super pissed off about that. If you're oh, yeah. a dad and you're told that you can't see your daughter who you're concerned has been swept away and married into a cult, and then you're told you can't see her, yeah, you're probably going to get on TikTok and do or Instagram or whatever and do a 40 minute video appealing to everybody you can. Well, we were joking while doing discovery. It's like if you're like, oh, man, I'm worried that someone is poisoning my food. And then someone comes up to you with a drink and was like, here, taste this. It's not poisoned. You're going to be like, why, why the fuck did you say that? Yeah. Why, yeah. Why, why, why would you say that? Well, human <laughs> beings, you know, we fundamentally we speak to be heard. Right. Like It's what, why we communicate. Even cats understand that. It's the only reason they meow to us. So, you know, if you walk up to somebody and the first thing you feel it necessary to communicate, something you needed to verbalize, something you had to put effort into socializing, talking, turning into words, and the first thing is a warning. Yeah. I'm just going to listen to that warning. I don't care what else is coming. I, don't, I just don't believe anything else you say now. It's like if you're walking down the street, which I've had this 
like happened to me, which I found it really funny, but I only found it really funny is because I'm a stocky male. <laughs> um, I was walking down the street and someone was walking behind me for a couple of blocks and finally they caught up to me and they just jokingly went, hey man, I'm not following you. But if you were any other person, yeah. you'd immediately be like, oh, sick, I'm about to get murdered. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to die. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, her family was, like, legitimately pretty concerned that she had been taken. Cult is obviously an easy world to throw around. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit later because I want to tell the story first, but we'll get into the sort of brass tacks of what is a cult and what isn't a cult. It should be probably made clear here that while we are atheistic people, uh, we're also Southerners, which means that we understand that there's plenty of good people who are religious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's easy to write people off and be like, well, because you're a Christian. No, no, that's not exactly how it works, unfortunately. It might feel that way, you know, in your in your bubble or in, like, a larger city or whatever. But where we're from, everybody goes to church. So Miranda insisted that 7M and 7M Films was, quote, not a religious nonprofit organization, but a secular for-profit company run by people who have faith in God. Well, then it's not a secular company. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if... if it's a company that's run by people with a faith in God so significant that you have to clarify that it's just a company run by people with faith in God. You're probably going to assume that's a religious organization. I also love that it's not a cult, it's a business. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she made those comments on her own Instagram page, but it at the time didn't appear that she had any like connection with her family or hadn't reached out to him at all. And 7M didn't make any response to media requests or the family's video. Um, and Miranda's statements itself, like I said, have just been text over audio on her Instagram stories. So that doesn't help with theories. No, I mean, even if nothing's up, that really doesn't make it seem that way. Yeah. Because again, yeah, it's a huge red flag. Like to go back to the catfish thing, why can't I see you? Why, why, why? I just, you're a TikToker yeah. and you're sending me text messages That's that fundamentally there's a breakdown there. It'd be like if next week on the podcast, just you were here and you're like, hey, guys, Caleb isn't dead. And then on my Instagram, <laughs> there was just a text story that just said, hey, guys, it's me. I'm not dead. Yeah. People are going to be like, oh, shit, is he dead? <laughs> it really reminds me a lot of uh, like Peng Shui and the situations in China. Mm -hmm. You know, I've brought this up before, but when I lived in Hong Kong, they closed the Western bookstore, Causeway Bay Books in Causeway Bay, which is like the the Times Square touristy area, and there was a very Western bookstore there. And after the anniversary, when nobody showed up to Xi Jinping's little birthday party, they closed that store and started disappearing people. And that's legitimate how they do it. Like, when the Ch the Chinese government will just put out a, a press release that's basically a text. It's like a, it looks like a notes app, to, you know. Notes or a, app apology. Yeah, or like a twit longer, but it's just like, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm totally fine. I'm definitely alive because I'm texting you. You know that's how I'm alive. Like, no, I don't. That's the worst. That's if you have to prove to me that you're alive by texting me, I know you're dead. Yeah. Um. So, TikTok. We talked about that. Not to interrupt. I know people are like, let him tell the story. <laughs> but uh, Dorothea Puente. For those of you that listened to the murdering Mima episode from a couple weeks ago, uh, and if you haven't, that one's a real good one. Yeah. But that's what Dorothea would do. Is she kept sending? After, spoiler alert. Uh, she, she was a murderous Mima, and some of the people that she was uh, supposed to be taking care of, she was murdering, and she would continue to collect their checks by sending out email or not emails. Listen to me sending out emails. This little old lady in the eighties sending out emails. No, but she would send out carrier pigeons and, you know, I don't know, probably cards and yeah, shit. Yeah. You know, lavender soaked. Postcards. She, she had a husband not to keep going on on this. Just go watch the episode. But she had a husband that she killed and her sister or her husband's sister would reach out to her and she'd be like, 
oh yeah, he's feeling sick. We can't wait to see you. He's definitely still alive and send it in the mail. And she's like, oh, well, I guess he's still alive. She says it right here. And that feels like the exact same thing with Miranda. It just feels like getting a message that's like, no, I'm totally fine, even though I'm sending this to you in the most questionable way possible. So 7M, uh, this cult, and I'm going to refer to it as a cult yeah, for I think the that's episode. Fair. Uh, I will we'll get into this later, but I did get confirmation from a former cult member that they think it's a cult as well. And I, I got in an <laughs> argument once that uh, really the main difference to me between a cult and a religion is if they're tax exempt or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the cult is reportedly part of the Shekinah Church, which they claim on their website is, quote, a racially and culturally diverse gathering of hope-filled believers. Um, the church also runs the Immersion School of Equipping. A, we'll get to that, whatever the fuck that is, and just say that sounds like where you learn how to use a strap-on. <laughs> but a racially and culturally diverse gathering of people sounds exactly like what Jim Jones called the People's Temple. Yeah. Because the way that the people's, for those of you who don't know, we've never done an episode on this. We definitely should, because good old Jimmy. Uh, Jim Jones uh, of the People's Temple. or as Annapolis you, native. Yeah, mm-hmm. or as you probably, well, that's where the People's Temple started, too. Uh, people's Temple, also great band. Uh, some of the best drums in psych rock, <laughs> in case you're interested. Um, but yeah, the, the People's Temple started in India as a place where you know, it started in the in the 50s, in the early 60s. So if you, to be a, a culturally diverse place was an easy way to pick up a lot of people because for a lot of people, that was the only place you could go and mingle with one another. Mm-hmm. And you should just know that when you see that sort of thing on the, the mission statement of a group, especially a cult, they're looking to turn through people. They'll take anybody. Because that's like, that's like, give me your sick, your weary, your poor, you know? Like, that's some, oh, I'll take anybody. Why? Oh, because I'm just going to turn them into what I want them to be. Yeah. Yeah. So the church has the Immersion School of Equipping. That sounds so fucked up. Which is... Uh, basically a workshop to turn people into firm believers in the church. That's I'm pretty sure that's what they do to what the Chinese government does to Uyghurs. In, yeah, in the autonomous region, right? Like, those are... Rea- well, no, I'm... Yeah. Yeah, you're, like, no. understandably cringing, but those are called re-education yeah. schools. Like, and that's what they are. They're, I mean, they're not, right? They're concentration camps, but they're concentration camps where they concentrate on re-educating you into being something else. Uh, it's a really ugly idea. I mean, it's no different than conversion therapy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a bunch of people believe that 7M Films is an offshoot of this immersion school of equipping, kind of like their PR firm, essentially. And the 7M stands for Seven Mountains, which is this offshoot of a Pentecostal sect that believes in the Seven Mountain Mandate. And what the Seven Mountain Mandate is, is that... You thought wearing a mask was bad. Yeah. A group of self-proclaimed apostles have a plan rooted in the biblical prophecy to invade every sphere of life as we know it. These seven spheres, or seven mountains, exist in every society from the most primitive Stone Age tribes to the most sophisticated megacities. This, everything I'm saying is pulled directly from their website. I was going to say, this is, and also just like, that's not true at all. Nothing. I don't, I think oxygen and water are the only things that those two groups actively share. We don't even have the same diets. That's not true. It's funny to be like, these tenets of civilization are true whether you're civilized or not. Mm, There's a logical fallacy there, sir. Uh, These seven mountains include the areas of family, economy, government, religion, 
Education, media, and celebration. Yeah, media, government, what the fuck? Cavemen? Cavemen? Economy? Economy. <laughs> cavemen. Cavemen were doing like little political theater with one another. They're like, no, I have the best idea. Nobody has any fucking rules. Nobody needs ideas. Uh, the seven spheres are, the ev- uh, are to every society what the basic biological systems are to the human body. An intrinsic part of God's design, which give life when media. they are functioning in a healthy manner. Where's your media chakra? Uh, my media chakra is right here, <laughs> right beneath my right nipple. Uh, my economy one is the left nipple. <laughs> and my celebration. <laughs> <laughs> my celebration chakra <laughs> is in my butt. Um, since God is the designer of these spheres, it would be good for us to dedicate effort to understand his purposes for each of them. End quote on the website. And <laughs> what they believe is that these seven spheres or seven mountains are here on earth and mankind has to follow these seven spheres, but demons are constantly attacking and infiltrating the seven spheres. And it's up to these apostles to cleanse the seven spheres and get them ready for the recoming of Christ. The recoming Mm -hmm. of Christ. That's what I call it too. Uh, For the day of the Armageddon or the rapture. And if those seven mountains Uh, are By the way, if you guys haven't, if you want to know a lot about the obsession that Christians have with apocalypse and how they're kind of the only people who believe it. Our very first mm-hmm. episode from a year and a half ago is about exactly that. Cause they are like the only people who believe this shit. Continue. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, but they believe that once the rapture happens, if they hold control of these seven mountains, then humanity can be saved. But if, if demons have infiltrated it, that Jesus will come back, look at it and been like, Oh guys, there's a demon in your economy mountain. Get fucked and just float back into heaven. <laughs> Controlling the seven <laughs> mountains sounds like uh, an achievement in Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely is very like it's so Skyrim, like it's that or fantasy like, shit. Like me and my army of dragons control <laughs> all seven mountains. It, or like a Sims thing, and it's like, oh man, my economy mountain's pretty low today. <laughs> yeah, like Sim City. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that is the the church, but then we focus more on. 7M films itself, yeah. which many, like I said, many believe to be part of this fucking school of recombobulating your brain or whatever yeah, it's called. The, the No, the immersion. <laughs> the immersion school of equipping. That's what it, of equipping. That's why, that's why it sounds like a strap-on to me. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. immersion school of equipping. We're going to teach you how to fuck like a man. It also is makes me think of like, how to get in and out of the goo in the matrix. You got to go through the immersion school of equipping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Immersion's a weird word. Um, kind of for anything, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a long drawn out. I might even cut this out, but it is for those of you who are listening to me yammer about this, feel free to leave it in the comments or skip ahead in the podcast. So to talk more about seven M films itself, it is a production company through and through. A uh, secular production company, not of a <laughs> fucking cult PR firm, you liar. Um, the director and what seems to be CEO of 7M Films is Isaiah Shin. And his brother and father own a real estate firm in L.A. called Shin Real Estate. And the 7M Film LLC is registered to the same address as the real estate firm's HQ. Okay, so it's clearly owned by the same people. Yeah, it, yeah. it's clearly the same people. And... That's not a big conspiracy, though. I get you. Oh, yeah. 
I get the bars mail sent to my house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as it goes deeper, we can see that Robert Shin actually founded this sect of the church. Okay. And so Robert is dad. Robert is Isaiah's dad. Okay. So he founded this sect of the church has this real estate agency has his son start seven M films who also works at the real estate agency is affiliated with the church and Robert also works at the real estate agency. So, so it's this triangle of connected church and real estate. Yeah, they're clearly running. Separation of church and real estate. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's totally the name of the episode. That's fully what we're calling the name of this episode. Yeah, well, do you think it's like a... I mean, the places that they shoot these things, do you think that compound, that's, I mean, we looked it up, it's owned by them, but that's probably one of their properties. I wonder if it's yeah. one of their unsold properties. Uh, it might be, which I'll talk about later, Okay. about some of the nefarious and illegal activities they've been getting into. Yeah, that's what we want to hear about. But um, it, I went onto 7M Films' website, and they describe themselves as a multifaceted organization with both a film production company that develops and produces content and a talent management company that represents some of the top social media influencers in the world. Okay, okay. So, yeah, they're fully, they're just like, we edit our own TikToks. Yes. Is what that means. And as I dug a little deeper, um, 7M Films has a big contributor, a big financial contributor. This financial contributor also ties it to something. Like other than Robert Shin? Yes, that ties it to something really fun that we love to talk about. Okay. Ukrainian Christmas. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Fantastic. For those of you who don't know, Ukrainian Christmas is the term that we use to not get demonetized when we talk about the January 6th insurrection. Also, that feels so dramatic to call it the insurrection, you know? It just feels like you're worked up about it. I mean, understandably, I guess. But anyway, we call it Ukrainian Christmas because that's Ukrainian Christmas Eve. Uh, Ukrainian Christmas is every year, January 7th. And let's be honest, this was probably... It's funny that we say it now, though, because we started calling it Ukrainian Christmas when there was, like, no... At least comedy-wise, there was no discernible difference between being Russian and being Ukrainian. Mm -hmm. But now... It's like, oh, well, shit, maybe we shouldn't call it Ukraine. Because yeah. it was a Russian... For those of you who don't know, January 6th was absolutely a Russian inside job. And if it was, we should probably stop blaming it on Ukraine now. Yeah. I feel bad about it now. So uh, a lot of the stuff that I'm about to talk about comes from a freelance journalist by the name of L. Hardy. So um, send all hate that direction. She uh, has don't do that. been following the Seven Mountain Mandate uh, for a while. And she says that it believes in a God-given authority to take over the world, which I'll get into here. And this is a quote from her. She says, quote, you can see a lot of shades of the Tea Party in this, talking about Ukrainian Christmas, which starts organizing at a very local micro level. Start making a fuss in your workplace if you don't believe that it is being Christian enough, if they're not flying the flag or allowing you to pray or things like that. Whatever it takes is the basic idea, and they will play a long game. It is one of the, uh, and like I said, someone that ties these two things together is Paula White. Okay. Paula White is a huge supporter in 7M Films, is a huge uh, monetary benefactor. And if you are listening and you're like, I've heard the name Paula White before, she was Donald Trump's spiritual advisor during his presidency. So 7N Films had a very close tie to President Trump. Yes. Uh, and if you want to start to question about you know, whether things are true or not. So uh, Paula White actually led a prayer during the Trump rally that preceded the Capitol Hill insurrection. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And as we all know, 
evangelical Christians are one of Trump's biggest supporters. Yeah, and so they're, they're already closely tied. Yeah, and they're also the only people who believe in the end of, end of the world. And because Shekinah is a apocalyptic Christian church, they believe that they're working towards the end of the earth. I, you know, this I thought of this while you're talking about it. You said earlier that the definition of a cult is like, is it monetized or not? Or, well, is it taxed or not? Because mm-hmm. all religions monetized. <laughs> uh, but I also think, like, what's the intention of that religion? Because fundamentally, every religion could be called a cult. Yeah. But I, I'm, again, I'm not trying to offend anybody here. That's not what we're trying to do. Um, so I'm not going to say that. But when it comes to what you want to do with the attention that you have, if your goal is to bring upon the end of the world, I would argue that you're impatient and that you're in a cult because that's really the only thing about David Koresh. You know, Koresh as a human being was an interesting guy, but as a religious figure, really, really believed they were bringing up again, seven, the seven, the seven seals in this case, opening the seventh seal brings apart apocalypse. You know, they believed in that too. And I think that's where you have to be concerned because if you have 400 people convinced that the world is going to end tomorrow, they might just raid the white house or the Capitol building, or they might all decide to kill themselves, or they all might do something really, really irrational because they've convinced themselves that the world's going to end. So when uh, this reporter, um, when this reporter L Hardy was asked like, well, what do you see that happened on that day that ties to the seven mountains mandate? She said, there's tons of stuff. She said, Charlie Kirk the founder of the campus activist group Turning Point USA. Oh, yeah, the guy with the smallest face and biggest head. Uh, he mentioned on that day, he said, finally, we have a president who believes in the seven mountains of influence on the same day. Uh, another thing, she said that seven mountains firmly believe in Christian dominionism and this whole idea, it's an old-fashioned concept that it's a God-given authority in the Bible to take over the world and... As we saw, there are some pretty hardcore people that believe that and will do whatever they can for that. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to, you know, sort of play the liberal card and be like, well, colonialism and this, that, and the other. But that's how that shit happened. It was this manifest destiny. Do you know what those two words refer to? Mm -hmm. You're manifesting your own God-given destiny to take that land from somebody else. If you think that... Listen, religion has existed for a long time, and it gives you a lot of excuses to get away with a lot of shit. And if you use it to better yourself and better be a better person, I'm all for it. If you use it to try to slight people and you try to take from them, or in this case, maybe bring apart, bring upon some like serious danger, I don't see how a group like this that's tied to uh, violent acts and the desire to oppress people is any different than a group like Om Shinrikyo. For those of you who didn't listen, we, that's another cult, a Japanese death cult uh, that we did a also weird Christian beliefs about the end of the world. We did an episode on last year, and they made chemical weapons and actively tried to kill people around them. I don't think that groups like this, I understand why people are worried about Miranda's safety, I guess. Mm-hmm. When you have a group that's this closely tied to the end of the world and that this closely tied to the violence that you, we saw on January 6th, I could see why this family's worried. But continue to talk about the ties on January 6th because these are all really interesting. Yeah, so uh, then she was asked, how do you think Trump fits into this? Um, and she's written about Trump's decision to move the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem and the assassination of the Iranian general. And she says that to understand why they like Trump is because he's not bound up by their morality. He can do the things that they want without having to sort of worry about the ethics and everything behind it. 
For them, obviously, Israel is really important factor because they want to create heaven on earth. And in the Bible, that all starts when God comes back by having the kingdom of Israel ready to go. Which is really funny because heaven is a concept, if we, as we've talked about before, to get into deep ancient aliens territory. That comes from the Sumerians mm-hmm. and very, very, very likely referred to an alien that visited them or something like that. Because yeah. all they said that it was a place in the sky that the people who visited them came from. It's... I love the idea that that's true and that the world will be great uh, once we can fucking leave it with aliens. Yes. Like, what if that's all that means? The world will become the best place it could be as soon as I can get on that spaceship and leave. She said, so it's really, uh, it's a really important issue for evangelicals as much as for the symbolism of anything. It's saying that we're getting what we want and it's not terribly important to the scheme of things to almost anyone else living in the United States. And she said, it has ramifications over there, but it's saying that we're putting the wheels in motion to do this thing for a minority of people in the U.S. who believe in this vision, and we don't give a shit about anyone else. Yeah, and for somebody, you know, for people who think that something bad like that is coming, you'll be told that, like, hard decisions got to be made. We get brainwashed into thinking that sort of shit, you know, the military mind rot. And they see... Trump is a person who works hard, makes the tough decisions. I think it's wild that anybody could follow Christian beliefs and see that dude and see him as a Christian in any way. Like, he outwardly lives a life that's very anti-Christian. Yeah. It's odd to me to see that dude and be like, yeah, he reminds me of Jesus. Yeah, that's a, he's the same guy. And then finally she was asked, uh, how does 7M fit into this idea of Armageddon and end times that has always existed in Christian prophecy? She said the number seven is significant in the book of Revelation, which yeah, is the final seal. book of the Bible, which talks about those end times. Yeah. So it's repeatedly referred to, for example, the seven churches of Asia, but it's also a symbol and signifies completion. Like we said, the seven seals. So it's very important to these groups who really believe in prophecy and symbols and signals. But for the actual case for seven mountains and this authority to take over the world, comes from Isaiah 2.2, what's Robert's son name? Isaiah. Isaiah. Which says, quote, Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. So there's a lot of biblical justification for this. And also, isn't their house quite literally on the top of a Hollywood hill? Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yes. Um, which they believe that they are kind of the height of the pinnacle of the media. That's why they're doing this TikTok influence and stuff like that. And that's why they're trying to get wealth and power and stuff like that. They're trying to get these seven mountains. But um, there are a lot of biblical justifications for all this. And it's mixed into like a political worldview because, of course. Yeah, well, and all that, like the the controlling of the mountains, one of those is economy, right? Yes. Yeah, that all this makes me think of is like Pat Robertson and the 700 Club and kind of Copeland and shit, you know? So to go back to the founder of the church, Robert Shin, um, he has had quite a past. Has he? He has. So he was sued by a former church member in uh, 2010 for creating a bunch of different shell corporations, such as Mission 2020 or Mission 2-2. Isaiah 2-2. Which he used to funnel donations from the church into his own pocket. By taking these donations sending the money to these shell corporations and having only himself on the payroll insurance and benefits of these shell corporations. So basically creating his own money laundering. 
Absolutely. He was just like, yes, I am the CEO of this company, Mission 2020. Oh, this church just donated money to this to this nonprofit. Oop, I'm the CEO. That money goes here. Oh, look at this tiny little shell corporation. Thank you, money, into my pocket. And did this for years. And finally, someone from his church was like, hey, that's not right. And he's like, you can't tell me what to do. And she's like, oh, cool. Well, uh, the legal system can and sued him. <laughs> and sadly, the legal system said, ah, oh, we don't have enough evidence and threw the case out. Wow. Even in his own, uh, t- like, when he went up to testify in court, he was like, yeah, I've been doing it, but I'm part of a church. It's non-taxable. I don't see what's wrong. And they're like, yeah, I guess he's doing everything right. I mean, that's just a good example of how you can cheat the system. People lament about, you know, brass tax level basic people and their money. But, th- you know, these stupid fucking loopholes are the things to worry about. And I'm a business owner. Like, I'm aware of where money goes by and large. And I can tell you that if we could operate like a church could and we didn't have to pay any of the taxes we had to pay, we would save a pretty significant portion of money. You oh, know? 100%. And those shell corporations are easy. We could hop on your computer right now. We could open an LLC in Wyoming or Montana. We could do it under your name. You could get it verified as a... Um, nonprofit. Now that's going to take some legal money and a little bit of doing, but you're going to make the money on the back end. So why not? Yeah, it's a shame. It's really easy to do that sort of shit. It's some of the problems that you see with, uh, you know, charity stuff in general, people collecting money. And there's a lot of cases where people will allege they're going to send it or something, but it turns out sometimes that's a lot more difficult even than people think. Mm -hmm. And they end up in a situation where they couldn't send that money if they wanted to. Uh, and if you look at their website, they still have a lot of things that are very, very sketchy when it comes to where their money is going and stuff like that. If you look at their like community outreach section and stuff like that, they only have two things. One of which is missions, where it just has a quote that said, "Vacations." I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. Genesis twelve three. And then it has this very blurry picture that says Alaya Return Center with a pomegranate and some grapes and some olives. And that is the January mission highlight is the Alaya Return Center in Israel. They're trying to build this uh, return center in Israel. which A helipad for Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it says that the Alaya Return Center is an Israel-based registered nonprofit organization helping Jewish new immigrants establish roots in the land of Israel and thrive. Aliyah, Jewish immigrants to is- immigration to Israel, is a central part of the end times move of God onto the earth. For example, we see in Ezekiel uh, 36, 24 through 26, it says, For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all of your idols. I will give you a new heart and put in a new spirit in you. I will remove you from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Real creepy shit. Yeah, man. Like, Absolutely. One, I, this is just me personally saying this. Yeah, I mean, you went to Catholic school. You've got more experience with creepy religious indoctrination. I do. My parents um, were cool about it. They were like, get the fuck away. When it comes to saying that you want to help Jewish immigrants, and then you immediately start talking about cleansing. Yeah. That leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, absolutely. And just like in a place that's already as contested as it is, to Israel 
There's plenty of shit that needs to get figured out about Israel before we make any other decisions. And what's scary about this shit is, like, the president bought into this. She was one mm. of his, you know, this church was one of his, like, resident advisors. Yes. If you have advisors in your ear, like, just, I know that season eight was terrible, but has everybody already forgotten that Littlefinger was, like, the most dangerous part yeah. of <laughs> Game of Thrones? You know, like, it's so easy for someone like that to be pernicious in his ear and get him to do really scary fucking things. Like, I don't think it would be hard to convince him to want to be the guy at the end, yeah. you know? And that's fucking terrifying. And then the other thing that's on their website is community outreach. And this is very, like, even weirder. Um, it says, collecting donations for community outreach, which, yeah, that's fine. It says we're looking for non-perishable foods, baby diapers, baby wipes, toiletries. Baby diapers, baby wipers. But it also, they have this community that is called... Uh, CO Farms, which is like a little gated community. It looks like any weird like cul-de-sac neighborhood you'd see in any moderately sized town. But they said that on Sunday uh, from 1 to 5 every week, they have community outreach. And quote, this is a wonderful opportunity to continue to build relationships with our neighbors and impact their lives with the presence of Jesus. We are taking it outside the four walls of the church bringing the power of his presence to the community. Please join us as we bless our neighbors with food, baby items, and toiletries, and share the love and gospel of Jesus. And then you can sign up to get more information, and then they have one for another uh, neighborhood that is far less, like, inviting, and it just says, join us as we go door-to-door to to bless this community with needed household items. You're going to trickle clean water (laughs) on them. Yeah, and and cleanse them. And give them uh, birthright tickets and be like, come with us. It's so weird. And if you go more and more through their website, they have stuff like the calendar, community life. They have their own podcast, healing room request forms, prayer request forms, uh, the practice, which you just go and it just gives you like outlines of how you can be a better member of the church, which as someone who grew up in the church, like you said, isn't an uncommon thing, but to the extent that they have this, it raises some red flags. Yeah, because well, most churches don't they just say, "Here's the Bible, do what's in there." Yes, I which mean, brings me to the like, next. Isn't that point, your only homework? Is the Bible? Which brings me to the next point about Robert. Uh, in the early two thousands, he wasn't going by Robert. He was going by Israel. Okay. He was going by Israel Shin, and he was very close friends with Kenneth Copeland. Oh, there we go. Yep. Yeah. See, I told you this sounds like Kenneth Copeland shit. So uh, they started this group that said that they believed they were anointed by God and received direct messages from God himself and that it was their duty. We're on that private plane package, bitch. It was uh, he and his followers' duties uh, to take over all seven mountains on earth in preparation for the return of Jesus in the end of days and that they could heal diseases with prayers, but the prayers were powered by wealth. And Robert has yeah, gone. That's how Jesus worked, dude. Pay to play, baby. Yeah, he was like, he was, he's like, you know, you could wait and grind out your level, but if you just give me a hundred coins right now, I'll bless you. So another <laughs> interesting thing is Robert has said, and Jesus is like turning water into wine, and somebody goes to grab one. He's like, ah, 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 ten dollars, ten dollars. Hey, I got this piece of bread. I can turn it into fish for five bucks. <laughs> um, Robert has also gone to say multiple times that. He believes that the Bible should be used to make money. 
that you should be able to. Well, that makes sense. If they think that one of these mountains is the economy, they mm-hmm. would, you know, it's kind of how Vince McMahon, uh, will only make like movies with wrestlers and shit in it. And he gets mad if any of them go to Hollywood. Cause he thinks he controls like, why would you want anything else? We have everything. Yes. It feels very much like that. Like, why would you explore any other option? We already offer this. Why mm-hmm. would you, it's the, uh, mom, can I have blank? We have blank at home meme is yeah. what it is. Mom, can I have Scientology? We have Scientology at home or Kabbalah. And it's just this, um, Going through, I keep going back to the website, but there's just so much weird, creepy shit on this website, such as if you go to the uh, prophetic tab, so the whole idea of them being prophets, they have things such as power in the blood. And it says, this morning, Kevin Bergson sent us a word that I believe very applicable to yesterday's message from Apostle Barbara on the power of blood of Jesus. While we pray today, allow the blood of Jesus to become your blood and you will become cleansed and pure. So I'm going to defer to you on that because all of that sounds creepy and fucking weird to me. Um, But all of it always sounds creepy and weird to me. How creepy and weird is that for religious stuff? So the idea of the blood of Jesus, that's That's usually communion wine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drink of my blood and you shall be saved. But like they keep going back to this whole cleansing thing and that. That typically, I I grew up in a Roman Catholic church. Oh, are you uncomfortable with purity? (laughs) I grew up in this Roman Catholic church, and while they had, like, the body and blood of Christ, and they had, like, atoning for your sins and doing um, communion, but also doing confession if you did something wrong, it it was always, like, acknowledge your sins and move on. It was never, we have to strip you down and rebuild you. Okay, which yeah. is what this is alluring to. Yeah, because Catholicism is very, you know, Hail Mary, say you're sorry. Yes. Feel guilty, go about your life. Say you're sorry, move on. Yeah. Where this is like, they even have building the new. We are in a supernatural time where the Lord is sovereignly redirecting his issues of our hearts. Holy Spirit is brooding over his bride and wooing her, redirecting the focus and issues of her heart to us. That just largely feels like them saying the Bible's wrong. Listen to what we have to say. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's weird, man. I, that all makes me uncomfortable. Well, so if seven M is this, you know, probably quiet in the shadows company, making a lot of very dirty money for who knows who. Mm-hmm. It also makes me wonder if like, you know, Pat Robinson and, and Kenneth Copeland and these people get around righteous gemstone style and they sit around at a convention and they talk about how they all secretly believe in the end of the world. Like, do you think, I think people like that get, Copeland especially, right? Like, he's so easy to go after. Yeah. Do you think he is incredible? I shouldn't say do you think he's incredibly selfish because he's being selfish no matter what. But do you think that that selfishness is in the name of showing how great it can be to be a pastor? You know, like, is that the idea there? Is it like, you know, MJ put up buckets, these guys put down like stacks. Is it like being a rapper basically? You know, my thing is, I think with, they should wear more chains. They should. I think Copeland should get like a big spinning ass chain. You know, I think with Kenneth Copeland, fucking neck would break right off. Especially is like, there's that video of the reporter cornering him. Yeah. But it's plain. Why do you have that plane? And he's like, well, I can't spread the message of God. If I'm in, uh, the fucking cabin full of sinners and their demons to him. Or, when it comes to him, I think he fully believes that the more money and wealth you have, the more pure and closer to God you are. 
Yeah, I think he thinks he's being blessed by God and that it's, other pe- it's other people's sin to not be happy for him. And it's just like uh, we keep going back to our Om Shinrikyo episode, which well, if yeah, you have those dudes are the back. real deal fucking murder oh, yeah. cult. Like all these other cults, even Manson, all those guys pale in fucking comparison yeah. to Om Shinrikyo. Those guys were making anthrax in their house and just sh- shooting it out into the, the Tokyo neighborhoods around them. They, those dudes were the real fucking deal. And they're still around and they're still the real deal. But Om, when he first started his church, he was like, well, I'll do this for free and I'll serve you guys for free because I'm not pure yet. Then he disappeared for a couple years, came back, and he's like, okay, I'm pure now. Give me all your money. You guys aren't pure. You don't deserve it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I feel like this is the same situation. Like, the more money that you have, the pure you are. I mean, if you've seen Righteous Gemstones, we both have. We both love the show. It's, I highly recommend watching it's it. It's fantastic. It's hilarious. But they even are like, yeah, we have this because we're doing God's work. We deserve this. This is... This is our payment for doing God's work. And I feel like when it comes to these evangelicals, that's what they, I don't even think they're tricking people. Because a lot of people are like, oh, they're snake oil salesmen, they're con artists. But a lot of people see a return on investment on it, which is the fucking crazy thing to me. People think that like, well, if I give Kenneth Copeland $100 every week, I'm making the biggest investment in God, and I'm going to get, I have the better, it's a lottery. It's like, I have a better chance of a miracle happening to me. It's a lottery that they don't ever, that like the pastors never have to pay out, Mm -hmm. and they just have to hope at some point these people get lucky. But to my point was... I don't even think uh, they believe the pat or the evangelical pastors and stuff like that are so caught up in their own story and their own salesmanship that they don't even think they're lying to these people. Yeah, I don't think they do either. I think like I think Kenneth Copeland thinks that he is legitimately doing the Lord's work. I think he legitimately thinks he's being rewarded for do, doing so and I think that uh he I think the problem with a person like that is that you can't bring them to heal because they don't yeah. feel guilty. There's no guilt there. That's what I find to it's be your different fault. If you, you're only mad at me because you're not as pure as me. Mm-hmm. If you were as pure as me, you'd A, be in a position to criticize me, but you wouldn't criticize me because you'd have as much stuff as I do. Uh, that's where I find a huge difference with this. I think Robert Shin and his son, I think they do understand what they're peddling. And like Isaiah, his Instagram uh, bio, it says... God first, second, and third. Yeah. And stuff like that. But and I mean, being religious on TikTok is smart because they're, we're always talking about, by the way, check out our new show, but we're always talking about, uh, you know, the new Truth Social or Gab or Rumble or whatever thing that caters to a group of people that feel like they're not being catered to. Mm-hmm. Well, on TikTok, by and large, there's a pretty even split. Uh, and I think for religious people, it feels very comfortable um, to see that sort of stuff on TikTok because the immediate thought is, oh, well, that's young people, so there probably won't be any religious stuff there. So it's very, very smart on their part to be the religious people on TikTok because by being religious people on TikTok, they'll eat the shit for being lame or whatever, but they're going to make a lot of money and they're going to gain, more importantly, a significant amount of influence, which as we know, I mean, what's it called to be internet famous, right? Yeah. You're an influencer. And that's because that's what all these people are ultimately after. And uh, as shitty as this might sound, it gives you an easy out if people come for you. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you are religious or, I mean, religion in today's age is marginalized. Yeah. And so if you're part of any marginalized group, the moment you get backlash or you get hate, you can immediately be like, well, they just don't like me because I'm religious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so it's an easy scapegoat. 
And it's a very easy scapegoat if you're not actually religious and you're just using as a, as a front to make money. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a very convenient one. And it's one that like the more you get attacked, the more you defend yourself, the more pure you'll seem. Yes. You know, the more the people who might support you will want to support you even more because you're being attacked by these demons. You're being attacked by these uh, coerced outside forces, you you know, and they prey on people feeling marginalized themselves to mm -hmm. be like, well, you should be helping us. Yes. Yeah. So uh, Robert has also been known to use church members and dancers of 7M to advertise the homes that he and Isaiah have for sale, which is highly illegal. Yeah, that's what happened to Lil Tay, isn't it? Yeah, Tay K. Um, for those of us at home who don't know who Lil Tay was, uh, Lil Tay was a nine-year-old Canadian fake rapper who became very, was it YouTube famous? Or yes. Or was it TikTok famous? It was YouTube. Yeah, it wasn't TikTok yet. There wasn't TikTok yet. Mm, it was in that weird blank space between Vine and TikTok. Gotcha, gotcha. The, the, the dark days. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she, cause maybe it was on Vine. Anyway, none of this matters. She was this fake rapper who became very popular, but ultimately got trouble because it turns out the places that they were shooting their monetized videos were homes that her mother, correct? I have yes. detail correct? Who was a real estate agent. Uh, they were homes that she was selling and they were shooting in there. And also I believe her boss's car or something yep. like that. She would use her boss's cars and the homes that she was showing and stuff like that. Which, under California law, you cannot advertise a home that's for sale if you do not have a real estate license. Yep. So, if you have someone dancing in this nice, beautiful home and have in the description, this home is for sale, that's illegal. It'd be like us going to L.A. and going to a house and being like, hey, uh... This episode is brought to you by this house that we're recording at. <laughs> That'd be illegal. We don't have real estate license. It's sponsored by Zillow. We should get real estate license. We we're, also we also don't have sponsors, so we're maybe we that, should get real estate licenses. We're not that far in our bar uh, bar um, career. Yeah, that's true. We haven't hit the point where we're real estate agents. Yeah, we're not real estate agents yet. Yeah, we're not even brand ambassadors yet. <laughs> that just hit a real niche audience. Yeah, this is, um, a couple people are going to really enjoy that joke. But Robert also has several. Um, Assault and sexual assault allegations Ooh, against him. Yeah. Great thing for a religious leader to have. Yeah, uh, which weirdly is a very common thing for a religious re leader to have. Fucking power creeps, man. Uh, but a former member of the church, or multiple former members of the church, uh, who remained anonymous for their own safety, came forward and said that... Uh, he has had female members... <laughs> not a cult. Do have to remain anonymous for my safety, yeah. but not a cult. Uh, he has had female members of the church, quote, give him unusual massages behind locked doors. <laughs> so that sounds like a real Christian way to say jerked him off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Miranda's family to go back to Miranda, isn't the first family to try to show up to the church to find their loved one. Okay. The whole reason the church has fences and gates is allegedly because multiple families and in the beginning of the church, had rushed to the compound to try and find their disconnected family member. Bro, and they were, and their response was, we should probably put up some walls. Yep. <laughs> we, uh, got a, we got a real insurgency problem. A former member of the church uh, said that when she asked Robert why they had fences and gates, all he said was, we have gates because of what happened in the past. Oh! Nope. Yep. Pass. That's it. I don't like that at all. What happened in the past? Well, what happened in the past, Robert? And he's like, we lost a couple people. They went back to their families. Well, what it sounds like to me is this, as much as it's a cult, it sounds like it's a cult content farm. Yeah. And this is where my real life experience comes in. So I have an aunt who was, uh, she's a, 
incredibly talented painter. And to be honest, all of her daughters, and I would assume that Nick can do some good stuff too. He, I think he's actually a real estate agent. Um, <laughs> but most of her kids are all very talented. Everybody in our family is very, very artistic. You know, we're all entertainers uh, or whatever I call doing this is. Uh, but she painted for years and years and they would sell those paintings and make money off of them. And it was always described to me when I was younger as like this kind of like evil thing. But that, I think that's just because that's how the family saw it. It's a, in a situation like that, I think you want to contribute and you want to be an important part of the cause. Yeah. And I think for somebody like Miranda, I think the reason that this is probably frustrating is twofold. One, she wants to be famous on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you? There's a lot of money in it. There's a lot of clout in it. I don't see why she wouldn't want that. It's a very... A common job to want. That's a normal thing for a young person to want to do. Her boyfriend, or I'm sorry, now husband, I don't mean anything by that. Her husband is associated with this group who says, hey, listen, if you come dance with us, we'll make sure you get on. We'll make sure you get the time you deserve. We'll make sure that we can make a career out of you just in exchange have to share with us. Yes. I mean, even if she knew the transparency of it and she was like, these guys believe in the seven mountains. They want to believe or they want to control the media mountain. And they were like, hey, we want to control the media mountain and we want you to be the face of that. I think it would be difficult for you to look at it and be like, shit, no. She's going to see it and go, okay, well, yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to be on TikTok. I want to dance. I want to make a bunch of money and I'm happy here with my husband. Uh, the religious stuff, I think the people, you know, it's interesting when we were doing discovery for this, a lot of the videos that we found that have come out in the past couple of weeks have just been largely about whether or not Miranda should be there. We're yeah. not here to say that Miranda mm -hmm. can be there. It's her decision. Yeah. She's decided to be there. That's up to her. Anybody who wants to criticize that can go get fucked. It's up to her. She can do whatever she wants. That being said, is 7M a cult? Yeah, it looks like it probably is. At the very least, it's a content form style cult. And that is a relatively common thing. Like I said, that's what my family was in in Florida. A Christian cult, an ultra-conservative Christian cult. It's the same idea. I, I think it is really important for people to know that when we talk about cults, when you get into their base beliefs, so many of them are Christian-based. And that's I'm not saying that Christianity is bad. You should just know that, like... Even even uh, it's it's right around that time. But even like Heaven's Gate, that those guys were Christian. Th those beliefs come from Christianity. To believe that the world can end is to have a Christian belief. Yeah. And I think her beliefs are whatever she wants them to be. But this place pretty clearly preaches a pretty apocalyptic idea mm -hmm. of Christianity, and they're very obviously monetizing these TikTok dancers in order to do so. It seems like there's been a lot of fuss about whether or not they have proper living conditions and things like that. That's really not our decision to make. I would imagine that in this day and age, I, I mean, from the little bit of video and stuff that we've seen, maybe it's fake, but it doesn't seem like they're exactly being kept in cages or anything. No. As a matter of fact, there was a statement made that Miranda is one of the freest people. Yes. Because she has a husband in a car, which... While that sounds really dark, anybody who grew up around Mormons or Catholics or stuff like that, you kind of, that's a relatively normal thing to say. No. Yeah, that's not as kooky as it sounds. It sounds real bad, but honestly, that's, if that bothers you, then a lot of basic religion stuff is going to bother yeah. you. So, yeah, I, I think that they're all entitled to do what they want. I do think it's a cult, and it does seem like the shins are running it in an effort 
to control the world. I think it's interesting when we talk about Illuminati, you know, QAnon types will shout about adrenochrome and Illuminati and all that stuff, but they don't talk about this shit, which is very real and actually happening. Mm -hmm. Like 7M exists, guys. They're a large group who believes in the end of the world and they believe in facilitating the end of the world by controlling it. How is that not every story we've ever heard about the Illuminati? Yeah. Isn't that just the Illuminati? Isn't that what we're talking about when we talk about a cabal that controls the world? Have you guys ever considered that maybe it's the Christians that are the cabal that controls the world and that it's not the other way around. They aren't yeah. the warriors fighting against it because shit like this makes it pretty abundantly clear that the people that are deeply invested in things like 7M, deeply invested in apocalyptic evangelical uh, Christianity are also the types of people who are going to push the world to end. They're not safe neighbors to have, and they're not people who believe in anything other than your actual demise. So unless you want to live a life where for 40 years you're on your best behavior and then you do everything you can to end it, I would keep your distance from the Shekinah church and from, you know, 7M, but I think it's a cult. I think yeah. I think Miranda's in that cult, but I think she's happily in that cult. I don't think that she's been kidnapped. I think I don't think that she joined it without consent. And I'm saying that with absolutely nothing more than the same context clues that everybody else has. But it seems like a lot of people seem to think this woman's being held against her uh, own welfare. I don't think that's the case. Mm -hmm. I think she wants to be there. I think she loves her husband. I think she likes what she's doing. I think she's got a dope career on the way. Hopefully that's what she's hoping for. And I think all of this shit where... You know, people, including ourselves, hop on the Internet. We talked about this when we talked about Hannah uh, Reed as well. It's very easy to hop on and just want to talk about what you heard. But in reality, you got to remember these are real human beings. And I don't think she's been kidnapped by a cult. I think she happily joined a cult. I think she's happily in that cult. And I think that's her decision to make. Yeah. And if you want to be mad at her or try to save her, you're just wasting her time. And I honestly think a lot of these people who are posting these videos saying that she's been kidnapped and she needs to be saved. No, she wasn't. She wasn't fucking kidnapped. She's fine where she is. She's happy. She's married. She's successful. Leave her alone. Now, if you want to complain about something, let's complain about 7M who are a very clear and Robert Shin, people who are actual problems, Paula White, these people who pose a very real issue and concern in our day-to-day -day lives. These are the people to be concerned about. Don't go after this poor girl. Let her participate in whatever she wants. And if her talent agency happens to be the one that monetizes her dances into this terrifying money, well, whatever. Have a problem with the church. But I don't think... I don't think she was kidnapped by a cult. I think she's happily in a cult. Yeah. And I think that she's entirely entitled to be happily in a cult. Yeah, there's a big difference there. It's like... I don't... It's... People love to go around and throw, like, Stockholm Syndrome or, like, oh, well, they're brainwashed. No, I mean, say if you're down on your luck and a place opens their arms to you and is like, hey, do you want a good career? Do you want a happy relationship and a nice home? Yeah. I mean, that's what everyone wants. Yeah, man. And it's I think it's really easy when you get away from the privilege and stuff. D Dorothea Puente, not to go back to that episode again, but she she was able to take advantage of people and they put themselves in a position that they knew they were vulnerable in specifically for that comfort yeah. that you just mentioned. They knew that they could be in a dangerous position, but they were like, well, everywhere else is even more dangerous. So I'm going to try my luck here. If anything, it's a statement to the world around us yeah. less than it is really like, uh, I think like a, a, th a thing to be fearful of, you know, or an indictment of society. I just think that in general, I think we, want to be nice to each other. We want to be safe. We want to love each other. And I think we find a thousand reasons to argue with each other instead. Yeah. And this just feels like that. And it feels like doing so in a really dangerous way. I don't think that 
a group that legitimately has stated that they want to control the world so that they're in control when it ends is a group that we should see anything other than a very dangerous conspiratorial cult who's actively trying to hurt those of us who maybe don't believe this thing or exist anywhere else in the world. So if you want to be fucking mad, be mad at 7M. Be mad that they're a fucking crazy cult that does actively seemingly hurt people as well as the guy who started it and that the religion that caters around it, this very, very Los Angeles Kabbalah-ass religion, uh, is a lot of smoke and mirrors, and it seems like it's setting people up. You know, Nexium, we've never done an episode on that, that sex cult in California, but mm. it feels it's got a lot of those same vibes. It's this new age shit. It feels like, you know, come realign your chakras with us while we fleece you of all of your money. Uh, because we did talk about how Miranda is more free because she has a car. A lot of them don't have cars. Yeah. And again, that sounds like a real like, oh, they keep them on the compound shit. I, have you ever met a Mormon? Like and I know so many Mormons that had like church vehicles because yeah. usually they have big families and sometimes not everybody has enough money to get their whole family around. So minivans, you know, we joked in high school because I went to high school in Arizona. You got a lot of Mormons. We called them Mormon assault vehicles. If you saw like a, a, a grand caravan or like a suburban coming that was like real rental looking, mm -hmm. that's a church car. That's a Mormon car. And it's a good thing to do. Like, yeah, in a cult, they're doing it to control people for sure. They're keeping them, keeping them on the island, you know, keeping them in the bottle. But yeah. it's not that wild, guys. Religion is just a very controlling thing. Like yeah. these, these are pretty normal religiousy things to control people. And again, these are people who do have their own agency. Yeah. They can leave if they want to. I think that's what confuses people the most about cults is they, well, why didn't you leave? Well, cause I didn't want to. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing that like, really like, how could you not want to? Well, cause it's not as easy as a choice. I have to uproot my whole fucking life. Yeah. I have to change everything. Like you have, there's so many people you don't get to talk to anymore. There's so many things you don't get to do. That's the stuff people can talk about morality or money or whatever. But when you're looking your friend in the eye, you're going to choose them. Yeah. Because that's your friend. It doesn't matter if they're the most perfect friend for you or whether they're your friend, you know? So I think that I agree with you. I think that there's a, uh, I, I think it's understandable to want to um, kind of stick around or be with your people. Everybody does that. Fuck. Everybody looks for their group of people. These people are just very, very um, overt about that's what they're yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I say leave Miranda alone. Stop harassing her. Stop trying to rescue her. Stop bothering her on social media. Stop, you know, whatever. I think that, just leave her alone. Let her live her life. If you don't like that she's contributing to this cult, don't watch her TikToks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I have to say, too, is, like, if, one, I do believe that 7M is a cult, but, two, if she's part of it, she's there by choice. Leave her alone. Like, it, my, my firm belief is if someone is doing something and it isn't actively harming other people... Leave them the fuck alone about it. Yeah. Like, it's no different none than of, any other life choice. Yeah, it's none of your concern. It, yeah. This woman is living her life with her husband. You don't know You don't know the full story. You don't know if her family were really shitty to her. You don't know if her family was super abusive to her. Maybe she's better off there. Like, just leave her alone. You don't know the whole story. We don't know the whole story either. We just spent some time looking more into it than most people have. Yeah. And, and we, we still don't know the full and story. And we always try to keep an open ear. You know, it, it benefited us with Hannah. We tried to be as open about that, and it turns out that she actually was framed. And there was, well, frame's a big term, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there was a lot there. I think it's really easy to write people off, especially if all you look into a story is a couple seconds for the headline. But in this case, I really don't think that this girl deserves all this shit. All of these, you know, T-channels and stuff that keep 
making videos about her and sending her, leave her alone. Stop messaging her. Stop messaging all these people. Leave them the fuck alone. Let them live their little weird cult lives. Yeah. You know, like, dude, just let them be. It's not your prerogative. You don't get to change it. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. It's not up to you. It's their lives. So we are here to say that, yeah, we do think 7M's a cult. Yeah, we do think Miranda's in a cult, but leave her the fuck alone. She's allowed to be in a cult. And if she wants to dance for these weird, I will, I mean, I'll give them, I will give them one thing. Cult vibes are real fun on TikTok and I don't mean like the you know the farm or that sort of thing i mean this kind because all those dances are exact you guys really should watch all the tiktoks we're not going to put them all up because this will go on youtube and we'll get in shit for that but uh all of those tiktoks yeah same dance same, same camera dance, angle same camera same place same places same like same camera movements. It's very strange. It's good cult stuff. Yeah. I honestly think they should lean into it a little bit more. People get really down on Scientology, but it's like if a cult's going to be evil, they might as well be like really into their whole vibe. At least those guys are like really into their whole vibe. Yeah, yeah man. Absolutely. All right. Well, with that said, let us know what you think down in the comments. This one's gone a tiny bit long. Uh, it's a little bit longer than an hour. The acid cat spirit slightly longer than an hour. Um, I think it's cool ass case. It's interesting. Like we said, please leave Miranda alone, share this with, uh, your friends or anybody else who might be interested in this case. Um, if you did like it, feel free to like, and subscribe. We do have that stuff. But before we get out of here, as always, it is riddle time. Caleb, would you like to hit him with a riddle? Yes. So last week's riddle was my life can be measured in hours. I serve by being devoured. Thin, I am quick. Fat, I am slow. Wind is my foe. What am I? A battery. It is a candle. Oh. An old school battery. <laughs> yeah, the wind thing doesn't work, but the other ones are funny if it's a battery. Uh, this week's is the things I bite, they do not bleed. I do not bite until you push me. I bring my victims together each time, but they'll come undone if you pull just right. What am I? Oh, I like that one. Sounds graphic. Leave your answer in the comments. Uh, also, anything you have to say about Miranda, we love you guys very much. Thank you for joining us. We'll be here this time again next week. And also, like Caleb said at the beginning, we got a new channel. We're doing, I mean, realistically, we're doing two new shows a week, but we're also doing a bunch of other little videos. Any Anytime we do a little video, a weird little thing, like the ghost hunting video we did or whatever, we'll put over there so it's a little shorter. It doesn't eat up the algorithm. It gets really confused if you do long, short videos. Uh, but yeah, check us out over there. Uh, there'll be a subscribe at the credits for this, and there'll also be a link down in the, the description. But we love you guys very much and we'll see you next time bye later <laughs>